While the consultant was explaining the complexities of my baby's heart condition to me, in a hushed, confidential tone, I stared fixedly at his yellow and red spotted bow tie, half expecting it suddenly to spin round like a joke one. That's how spaced out with fear, anaesthetic and shock I was after my emergency caesarean. I don't know why he bothered to lower his voice anyway, since I'd been shunted off into a room of my own. Or maybe that should be a store cupboard of my own, because it was a tiny slice of space with one high window and a wall lined with boxes of equipment. They were probably as surplus to requirements as I seemed to be. Now that my baby was sustained by the resources of the intensive care baby unit instead of my own. Can I see her? I interrupted. Ma, whose ample frame was squeezed into a tubular metal chair on the other side of the bed, with her elbow resting on a pile of cardboard cartons, said, She can't come up here, Cully, when she's in an incubator attached to all those bleeping things, and you certainly aren't up to going down there yet. But she's perfect, hands like tiny pale pink starfish. You said she was so blue she looked like a smurf, I said accusingly, tears welling. I thought you were still asleep when I was talking to that nurse, and anyway, it was just a glance in passing right after she was born. She looks pink now. She was a little blue at first, but now she's stabilised and a relatively healthy colour, the consultant said soothingly. You'll be taken down in a wheelchair to see her as soon as you're recovered enough. She's going to be all right, isn't she? I pleaded. Only, there was an angel hanging around when I woke up, and I thought it might have come for her. That was a nun, Ma said. She had a white habit on and flat past the trolley when you were being wheeled out of theatre. Thought she looked more like an albatross myself. Why would a nun be on a maternity ward? I asked. I don't know, but it's a damn sight more likely than an angel. I focused on the consultant again, and he looked back at me and frowned. Your baby's heart problems should really have been picked up on a scan. He paused, and then added with false brightness, Still, there is one good thing. There is? Ma asked incredulously. Yes, the majority of female babies with similar malformations also have Turner's syndrome, which can lead to other side effects. But your baby doesn't. Thank heaven for small mercies, then, my mother said dryly, without removing the jade cigarette holder that was clenched between her teeth. Having tired of repeating to hospital staff that she'd no intention of lighting up inside the premises, she'd removed the pink sobrani from it and placed it carefully in a silver case in her vast red Radley handbag. The consultant eyed the empty holder in much the same way I'd been looking at his bow tie, and then his gaze moved to the colourful splashes of oil paint on the legs of her black slacks and across her tunic where her bosom tended to rest on her palette while she painted. She looked like a walking embodiment of Jackson Pollock's dark period, if he'd had one. Still, 
It was a measure of her love that she'd rushed down on the first train once my friend Celia had called her, despite her oft-repeated statement that she never wanted to set foot in London again. Never mind Pollock, this is my dark period, I muttered. I think our Callie's a bit delirious, she said, laying one small, cool, plump hand on my forehead, though she often talks daft. I'm not, and I understand about Stella needing an operation right away. Will she be all right afterwards? She certainly won't survive if we don't operate, the consultant said evasively, still in that low, confidential voice. She's not quite full term, and of course there are always risks involved in operating on such small babies, but you do understand that her long-term outlook is at present obscure, don't you?